0: Namaste.
1: Sat yoga is the practice to reach liberation here and now in this life. How many of you seek that? Yes? You want to be liberated from the ego in this life. As soon as possible, I assume, yes? Because we never know how long your life is going to be, do you? Right? Karma, God, could end it like that. So this could be the last moment of life. So are you prepared now to be liberated from your ego? Are there any obstacles that keep you from reaching the state of liberation? That's the question that each of us must ask. Is there any obstacle, any attachment, any identification, any fear, any desire, any sense of unworthiness or lack, any fantasy, any delusion, anything that I'm holding on to as an identity, even an addiction to language, let alone addictions to other things, chakra two desires, addiction to substances and people and feeling states and all of that. Am I willing to let go of all of it and live in a truly egoless state? How many of you are ready for that now, today? Are there any obstacles? Do any of you feel any obstacles to living in the inner silence, the fullness, the radiance of our being that cuts you off from the power of the source? Yes? What's the obstacle? Thinking of myself as a separate being. Mm -hmm. Why don't you stop doing that? Yeah, I think it's... Uh... You see, the illusion is that you think you're doing the thinking. Mm-hmm. The thought appears. The thought appears and, and then the consciousness identifies with the thought. Okay, That's the error. If a thought appears in your mind, it's just as if a bird flies across the, the sky in front of you. You don't assume that you're the bird, right? Now in an ultimate sense you are because you're everything, but you're not that. You're not the language that appears in the mind. Okay? The language that appears in your mind is simply an old tape that's repeating from a conditioning from the past. It has nothing to do with the truth of your being unless that thought is coming from God. But that thought will come from God when the mind has been silenced and the space has been cleared of any sense of separation, of any sense of duality. Okay, so don't believe your own mind. It's not your mind. And that's why we teach about uh, ego development in our classes here. You have to recognize that the ego is an internalization of the other. There's a, a famous line from a French poet of the 20th century, Arthur Rimbaud. Not the Rambo who was in the films uh, by Stallone, right? The different Rambo that he was named after. But he was a very interesting rebellious poet, and, uh, and his line was Je est un autre. I is another. The I that you think you are is simply taken in from those who were your caretakers originally, and from their attitudes toward you. And so all of the sense of who you are was taken in as if the other's attitude was somehow the truth about you. So if your father, for example, wanted a boy instead of a girl and you came out to be female, well, then you immediately felt, I am inadequate. I have failed the one who loves me. False, absolutely false, but we take it in. Even if the father didn't even feel that, but someone else gives us a message of that. We take it in as if it's truth, and we build a whole ego structure around it. And it crystallizes into all kinds of complexes that have no reality. Or vice versa. What if the parents didn't want a child at all? You were in accident. They were thinking of aborting you. But they decided at the last minute, ah, well, we'll go through with it. But you don't now know, should I be alive or should I be dead? Do I have a right to be here? And the child will carry that. So the ego is the other's attitudes. It is not an, a being of its own, it's just a receptacle that contains the attitudes of the other and then acts them out. That's why the ego must die. That's why every religion has created a death and a rebirth ceremony, a ritual, a rite of passage, because it has always been known that the identity you carry from childhood is borrowed from the parents, and the, in, in the past, from the extended family and the, the, the communal value system, etc. And so in every culture there was a moment when the child reaches adulthood and he or she goes on a vision quest lets go of that identity, discovers who they are on their own in the wilderness, acquires a new name, comes back with a different identity entirely that is not based on anything given by the other, but an identity that is acquired simply through the attainment of union with God. That's what each of us must do. We must allow the identity of the ego to die because it was never true. And we hold on to it out of loyalty to the parents. And we think there's some command that we must remain who they told us we are. Or even in opposition to we think who we think they want us to be. And, but that, just, that oppositional identity becomes just as firmly attached to the parents as the positive identity. And all of this is a programming that has no authenticity to it. So when we let go, we enter the nothingness, the emptiness of all of that. Then we're free to discover feelings that could not come up. Because when you're in the ego, which is inauthentic, then the real love of your true nature can't emerge. It's held down by the very ego that is seeking it. So that inauthentic ego must dissolve. Even though it may have some good qualities, as well as as qualities that were were taken from the, uh, the pathologies, let's say, of the other. But that must be let go of to discover the true nature of who we are that is eternal, that transcends the body, that has no gender. The self is beyond gender and integrates both what we think of as masculine and feminine qualities. And because we are in a time in which, although the patriarchy has collapsed, there is still a bias toward masculine values, although degraded masculine values, not the nobility of spirit of the time when the patriarchy was in its full flower. But there is an internal degrading, whether in a female or a male, of the feminine virtues, which include that of love, compassion, And instead, there's a highlighting of competitiveness, and um, the brutality of the masculine part of the ego. So, we must integrate these two. And the masculine part of the identity must surrender to the feminine. The chakra three must surrender to chakra four. And then the chakra four can surrender to chakra five, and five to six, and six to seven, and then One is free, one has in a sense climbed up the ladder of all of the states of identification that separated one from God to subtler and subtler levels until one has returned completely with all the baggage having been dissolved on the way up in the ascent. And this journey of return to the Supreme Self is not one that takes a long time, it can be done instantaneously. But it does take an absolute wholehearted desire for only that, and not for any of the limited earthly desires and attainments. And if one is willing to renounce the egoic pleasures and attainments, then the supreme bliss is available here and now, and liberation from the need to come back and do this all over again. from liberation, even in this very moment of all of the agonies of the ego.
0: Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Murti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.